Good morning, everyone, and welcome to worship. Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Dear friends in Christ, for five weeks of Lent, we've been preparing for the celebration of our Lord's Paschal Mystery. Today we come together to begin the solemn celebration of Holy Week. Christ entered in triumph into his own city to complete his work as our Messiah, to suffer, to die, and to rise again. Let us remember with devotion his entry that culminated at the empty tomb and follow him with a lively faith. United with him by baptism, we share in his resurrection and new life. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Open for me the gates of righteousness. This is the gate of the Lord. O Lord, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord is God. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession. You are my God, and I will give you thanks. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good.
be with you. Let us pray. We praise you, O God, for the great acts of love by which you have redeemed us through your Son, Jesus Christ. As he was acclaimed by those who scattered their garments and branches of palms in his path, so may we always hail him as our King and follow him with perfect confidence, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. First lesson this morning is from Isaiah 42. It serves as a basis for the sermon. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. The word of the Lord. Second lesson from Philippians chapter 2 emphasizes the attitude with which he would come. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Please stand. The gospel is a Palm Sunday account from Luke 19. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for our hymn 411.
Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, fellow believers in him. Monday night the competition ended. Our school participated in the NCAA bracket challenge and Monday night this past week that competition came to an end. And I won. <laughs> I've never won that before. So Tuesday morning I woke up and it just hit me, I wonder what I won. What, was it a million dollars? Was it a great vacation? What, was it a new car? Pretty soon the answer came. After morning chapel, the principal got up and gave a little announcement that I won, and that was it. <laughs> I got an honorable mention after chapel on Tuesday morning. <coughs> and life moved on. And then Tuesday, as you remember, was local and state elections around the state. It was another competition, and commercials flooded the airwaves, and commercials flooded the TV about, pick me, vote for me, don't vote for that person. And it was just another completely different kind of competition. And then Tuesday came to an end, and then it was Wednesday, and now it's Sunday, and, and it just dawned on me that that's how life works, as if every single day is its own competition of this, of that, of schedules, of events, of what are you going to choose? Who are you going to pick? What are you going to go? How are you going to decide? And what are you going to win at the end of it? 700 years before Jesus came into the world, Isaiah wrote the section of scripture we read today. And it was a competition in his day too. Idols galore. False gods abounded. Which would a citizen of, of Israel choose? Maybe the god Molech. If that was your god, likely you were going to offer one of your kids in a sacrifice. Pretty disgusting. Maybe you would go down the road of the Baals and the Asherahs. Those were a sexual religion with shrine prostitutes just another fertility cult. It was basically Sodom and Gomorrah reinvented in a little different way. You could have witches. You could have fortune tellers. You could have any of the gods of Egypt. You could have the gods of Persia. You could have the, the gods of Greece. I, I mean, false gods abounded. You could have your pick of the lot, whichever one you wanted to choose. Well, how would you make your decision? Which would you choose? What would you evaluate? How would you know which is the right one to pursue? Would you take the, the false god of your neighbor? Would you take the god that your parents raised you with? Would you jump ship and go to something completely different? I mean, now all of a sudden, this is very different than an NCAA or any kind of sports challenge or tournament or competition. This is your life. And I don't think it matters whether you're an unbeliever or whether you have a false God, or whether you're a believer in the true God, when it comes to matters of eternity, nobody wants to be wrong. Amid all of the competition, amid all of the confusion back then, amid all of these things vying for the hearts and attention of people, God makes his pick. And he reveals his choice to the world. And he says, here. 
here is my servant. Now, that doesn't pop in English. But in Hebrew, it does. In the Hebrew language. The word here is like an ophthalmologist saying, look at this. Look at this chart and look very carefully at what's here. But it's more than an ophthalmologist. It's an entertainer on stage about to introduce an incredible production. It's saying, check this out. This is something for you to look carefully at and something spectacular for you to see. Here is my servant. Out of all of these pretenders and false gods, out of all of the statistics that every one of them had that vied for the hearts of people, stats that could not help any person. God says, here's my servant. Here's the one who can help. Here's the one who does what I want, carries out my will, and is incredibly pleasing to me. Now, mind you, I made my choice for my bracket a day before the tournament happened. Again, God is revealing his choice 700 years before Jesus ever has a life or a ministry. He's saying, this is my pick. This is the one I choose. It's everything on Jesus. This is not God sitting down at some table in a bar and throwing a dart at the wall and saying, I have no idea which one to choose. Wherever it lands, that's the one I'm, I'm good with. I, I don't know if the four seed is going to win, if the ten seed is going to win. I have no idea what's going to turn out here. No, this is God saying, this is the one. The word choose in Hebrew means he takes hold of him. He grabs firmly onto him and supports him. One writer put it this way. When God says, here is my servant, it's as if he's wondering, is anybody else going to be able to stand against him? That's then God saying, I have no doubt Jesus is going to win. I have no doubt Jesus is going to come through this and do everything that he needs to do. It's actually God with a little bit of a taunt. He's saying, are these false gods' buses even going to show up? Are they even going to put their jerseys on in the locker room? Are they even going to show up to the arena? Well, well, obviously not, because there is no such thing as a false god. None of them actually exist at all. They're, they're not going to show up at all. But sin exists. Sin is real. And when people place their confidence in the wrong deity, the results are disastrous. The results are damnation. And there's no recourse. <laughs> when people persist in sin and they have no solution, when they place their confidence in a God that doesn't exist, sin is a separation from the one that does. And so that person has no help. Sin is a separation, not just only from the true God in life, but then if death occurs and that sinner is still separated from God because of sin, it's an eternal separation from God. And then what help is there? And then what is that person going to do? There is no help whatsoever. And so God again says, Here, here is my servant. Look at the one that I've chosen. This Jesus this one that I choose, he's going to dominate. He's going to decimate every other false god that people think is out there. 
and he is going to come to the help of his people. You need to see what he's going to do for you. God describes it. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Those are striking statements. I think of Mel Gibson in that movie Braveheart with his war paint and, and that shout at the top of his lungs as he goes into battle. Or you think of the, the Roman phalanx with their thousands of soldiers going into battle and they practice psychological warfare with how they would beat on their shields and how they would try to psych out the enemy. You know, it's all of these noises. It's all of these things to intimidate. Or I think of the fans, the crazed fans in the stands all shouting, we're number one, whether their team actually is or isn't. Or let's, let's switch this a little bit. Envision the kids that, that mom and dad decide for the first time. We, we, we can leave them at home alone for a half hour. We can go out and get something done. And so you slip away and, and you go do some work that you need to do as parents. And, and the kids had a blast in the home while you were gone. And they played with their toys and they're now scattered all over the home. And so the home is a mess and imagine the decibel level of mom and dad finally then when they come in those doors and they see the way their house looks after such a short time. Don't you see what's happening in this text? Jerusalem is the house of the Lord in a sense and it's been trashed. False gods galore. False teachings abound. Sin that's piled up that's unanswered for because the people have turned away from him. And now Jesus is on the scene. The son of God who is God. Of anybody who has the right to raise his voice, it's Jesus. Of anybody who has the right to be upset at what's going on, it's him. It's his house. Of anybody who has the right to show up on the scene and say, wait a minute, I'm number one. And you did this? It's him. But that's not what he's going to do. He will not raise his voice. He will not cry out. He's going to come in humility. He's going to come with complete gentleness. And he's going to come with his mouth closed. That doesn't mean his eyes are. Oh, oh he sees everything that's going on around him. He sees all of the sin that's permeated the land and, and his people. And so what is he going to do with them? What is he going to do with it? And it says, just an incredible verse, a bruised reed he will not break. How gently he is going to deal with sinners who have been so caught up in sin. I mean, honestly, what's a reed worth? They abound around lakes. They, they abound around water. They're a dime a dozen. Who cares if a few get trampled on, right? Who cares if a few get stepped on? Who cares if a few get broken and, and ripped apart? There's a ton of them. Who cares if a few sinners get broken? Who cares if a few sinners get stepped on? Who cares if a few sinners get beat up and banged up along the way, right? There's a whole world filled with them, right? Who cares if a few of them get run over and steamrolled, right? No. He's going to come for all of them. 
for people who have been so trampled on and oppressed by sin and devastated by what's happened in this world to the marrow of their body and soul. He's going to come to bind them up. Every one of them is important to him. There's not one person that he wants to be out of this. You go to any other kind of deity and it will not be this kind of treatment. But he's coming for every single sinner. How? How how can this be true? How can he not hurt anything any further but instead help? Because he's coming to do it all for you. He will not put anything more on your shoulders. Instead, he will take it away from you. He's come to take your sin. He's come to take that punishment. He's come to take your place in that separation because of sin that we rightfully deserve. He's come to do it all. He's come to save, to do what no other God can do. And to do it for free for you. That's verse 4 of our text. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. The justice this text is talking about is not just in general a courtroom kind of justice. It's talking about the justice in the courtroom of God. It's talking about fulfilling and completing the gospel till he establishes and fulfills the gospel on earth so that sinners have a place of justice, so that sinners have a place to go so that they know they are forgiven and stand innocent and just in the courtroom of God. Jesus is coming to do that, and he has come to do that. Here he is. Here is the one God points out, the one God picks, the servant of God, the one who won. And for sinners who place their confidence in him through repentance and faith, you win too. This is your God. And his victory is yours for all the islands, the faraway places, separated by time. Here we are 2,000 years away, separated by being Gentiles and not Jews. Anyone who places their hope in him wins now and for eternity. Amen. At this time, we're going to switch two things in the service. The congregation may be seated. I'm going to invite forward the new members for the new member induction. Please come forward to the front of church. So, Scott, you're on your own. Um, Most of the others said they were going to come to second service. So So we have Scott, and we also have Dylan in the back, and Scott's wife, Jackie, was not able to join him this morning, and then Colin as well. Dear members of St. Paul's, Scott has been baptized and instructed in the teaching of the Word of God, and he desires to become a member of this congregation. Uh, Just for what it's worth, he transferred our way from St. John to St. Peter in Cleveland. 
So our Lord Jesus Christ promises to confess before his Father in heaven those who faithfully confess him on earth. And so you've come to this congregation to declare your faith with us and to unite with us in Christian love and fellowship. Lift up your heart then to the God of all grace and answer these questions. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If so, answer, I do. Do you believe that the teaching of the Evangelical Lutheran Church as you've learned to know it from Luther's small catechism and our Bible information class is faithful and true to the word of God? If so, answer, I do. Do you intend to continue steadfast in the true Christian faith, to be diligent in the use of God's word and sacraments, and to lead a godly life even to death? If so, answer, I do, and I ask God to help me. Will you support with your prayers, time, talents, and offerings the work our Lord has given to this congregation? If so, answer, I will, and I ask God to help me. Having heard your promises, we, the members of St. Paul's, receive you in fellowship and love and invite you to share in our worship and mission in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Well, welcome, congratulations, we love having you and your family, and uh, again, Dylan is in the back, uh, you can see Dylan, friendly face, who waves at everybody as they're coming in church, and uh, did you want to say anything about yourself, your work, your family? No, not really. So, so after the service, if you don't mind joining me, and you can shake hands with everybody at the end, they're excited for you here. Congratulations, and welcome. Thank you. Congregation, please stand as we confess our faith in, in the Nicene, with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Dear Savior, as we walk with you this holy week toward Calvary, keep us focused on your purpose for coming into this world and on our calling to spread this wonderful message of salvation. We also ask you to help Greg Johnson recover from surgery last week, and please bless his health. The Boyce family, as they grow as a family and build on Riley's baptism in the 1030 service by growing in your word, and then to enrich all uh, our faith by your gospel. 
but especially our new members, Lisa Emmett and Sienna Carr, Scott and Jackie Mayer, and Dylan and Colin, Jane and Rodney Dragon, Tom and Debbie Ehrenberg, Selena Batt, and Brianna and Aaron Stungy. Hear us for your mercy's sake as we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Thank you. 